And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Justin. How you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. Good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, Pascal is going to be joining us very shortly. Um, he's just finishing something up and he'll be he'll be jumping on. So, um, Jazz, let's, let's recap Bournemouth at the, at the weekend. Fun day. Um, you know, all the... Uh, all the injuries that we heard about in the in the build up with Saka, Saliva, Rice, Trossard, Vieira, um, turns out they're all really good at recovering quickly. Yeah, some real Jordan uh, 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 sh- fruit by Arteta, I think. Um, no, I don't. That's not the word you're looking for, but I get what you mean. Yeah, um, but. I I do I do find it entertaining that he is like you know okay to sorry he's okay to um you know um make these these small uh what am I looking for Gaff This is it but this I know what you're saying and you're absolutely right he takes he t- there were knocks Right, like, like he hasn't made this up from nowhere, but there were little knocks. But what he's done is he's blown them up into some sort of injury crisis that never really existed in the first place. And then we we get to Saturday, and uh, all the pictures come out Saturday morning, and Trussard's there, and Vieira's there, and Saka's there, and then the team sheet comes out, and of course all the big boys are starting. It's kind of his way. I, I I'm not sure I really buy this. You know, the injuries help. If, if other teams don't know the status of your injuries, it helps you. And I definitely we don't think we need that to beat Bournemouth. Um, but I guess that's just the style of management. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I think he kind of takes pride in, in, <laughs> in what he does, funny enough. Um, yeah, I think he does too. I think he loves a, he loves a veil of secrecy. I think he he, does. what yeah. it really is. I think yeah. he's like, it makes him feel special that he's the only one that knows. Yep. Yeah, I think so as well. And, you know, you know, I mean, more power to him. It doesn't matter, really. You know, it doesn't matter. It, no, the, it, the, fans, the fans might stress more or, yeah, you know. No, it, you know it doesn't matter me. to him, but it does. it does kind of affect me when I've got, 97 WhatsApp messages on Friday night asking me if someone should take Saka out of their FPL team <laughs> because I had that from <laughs> yeah I, I had Bernard Wammer on me telling me that he was uh he was about to catch a flight to Mexico and he needed to make his transfer for the week before he left um I, I had <laughs> I, I seriously had at least 30 people ask me if I thought Saka was going to start and I did tell them all that yes I did think he was going to start so I think everyone left him in, um, but uh, but yeah. So that's the the main effect, and I think I'm guessing Arteta just doesn't really care if people come to me for fantasy advice. No, <laughs> no, Gav, I'd say he doesn't. No, because he certainly hasn't phoned me to apologise. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I I do find this whole um injury mystery with Arteta kind of amusing, to be honest. I do. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you know, it's one of them things. He's we've said before that he, he's taken stuff from a lot of different places, right? It's well known that he's gone outside of football circles to look at different types of management and things you can do. I believe it yeah. was Eddie Jones, the English rugby coach that he met with. He was he spent a couple of days with Sean McVeigh and the Los Angeles Rams when yep. they were out in LA. And in the NFL, it's a big thing to try and keep your injuries under wrap. But that's a little bit different because you're game planning different scenarios. And it does make a difference whether someone's top cornerback is going to be there, whether the quarterback is going to play, which running yeah, back of course. is there for. Yep. It does make a difference. I think it makes much less of a difference in a game of football. Um, especially a game that you're so heavily favoured in. Yeah, I think so. But I, I still kind of find his tactic of 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 keeping his cards close to his chest uh, amusing. You know, I, I mean, I'm an FPL player myself. I mean, you are too. Pascal is too. We're all in the same the same league. Um, but I, I still find this kind of stuff more amusing than Pep's like nonsense do you know what i mean um yeah i don't think there's anything there's anything malicious in it he just it, it's just the games he likes to play and I, like i said i think yeah. he just enjoys playing the games i think he enjoys playing the games with the media so this player might be out this player might be out that player might be out I, i'm guessing he does them press conferences and then he goes back into the into the into his office with carlos cuesta cracks open uh cracks open a uh, a bottle of cabernet sauvignon and sits there and laughs about what he's just told the media. No, a uh, Garnache, mate. He's Spanish. Yeah, of course. Maybe maybe a Rioja. But yeah, <laughs> he's definitely that's 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 definitely what he does, right? Like they all just yeah. sit there and they they laugh about it. Yeah, they laugh about it. Yep. So exactly. It's, but it, like I said, it doesn't make a big difference. Um, Pass has just joined us. How you doing, Pass? Hey, Pass. All good. All good. What's up, boys? Uh, all good. We were just talking about uh, Arteta. We've like, literally just started. We were just talking about Arteta. You're a liar? And, uh, the, yeah, the injury crisis. I said it turned out that uh, everybody was fit to play. What do you know? Surprise. Surprise <laughs> of the century. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was... Um, it, 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 I think we, we're getting to that point now where we don't really take too much of what he says, unless it's a timber injury, of course, or something which is looks like it's going to be lengthy. But when it comes to Saka, and uh, especially Saka, I would say, um, it, it, I think he just wants to keep everyone guessing. It's like what you said. I think he goes into after and he says, look, we've just done the media over um, and got them all talking about us again. Um, and I think it's also opposition teams as well. He doesn't want to make it too predictable as to who's going to be playing. Yeah, I think at this point, if you're still believing what he says, it's kind of on mm. you. Right, right. Yeah, like if you, that's true. if you if you look at them press conferences and yeah. say, "Oh, Mikel said this, so that's the truth," then it's yeah. kind of on you at this point. It's um, it, it, it's like if your girlfriend keeps cheating on you and then she comes home smelling of another man's aftershave and says she didn't do anything wrong. If you want to believe her, that's fine, but you know that's the consequences are yours to bear. Yeah, yeah. that's just like my relationship with Mikel. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I'm glad you said Mikel there. I was getting a bit worried <laughs> because. Uh... <laughs> I was like, what? what? Yeah, uh, yeah. What's, what's what's Mrs. Justin been doing? Jesus. <laughs> no, I think we can see that with Raya as well. I I fell into the trap. I know you two didn't about 
maybe he will rotate. <laughs> but I think I've now <laughs> come to the realization that he is a full blown liar with these things. Um, so yeah, I, I you you just can't fall into that trap with him. You really can't. No, and once again, that's a perfect segue. You guys are getting good at this. Um, so talking of Raya, this was an easy stroll of a game right down on the South Coast. It, it really was. They say there's no easy games in football. I do disagree with that. And games like this are why. Um, they had one shot on target, which Raya actually held really, really well. It was an impressive save. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But Raya, for the most part, played as part of a back four. Zinchenko moved into midfield, Raya moved up to centre-back and and uh, Gabriel moved out to left-back. And that is something we don't see Ramsdale do. And it's something just that Raya looked very, very confident in doing. He, he seemed to have no problem stepping in as a second centre-back when we had the ball. Well, Gav, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't want this to be a, a, a you know, a, a controversial thing because I think both me and being pause, right? We we both said that Raya was probably gonna fill in. Um, I love Ramsdale, but yes, I do think Raya is fitting in a little bit better, a little bit naturally. I think but... these type of games in particular, though, just like I like I've said to you before, I think Ramsdale is the better goalkeeper, and I do think Ramsdale is a better goalkeeper, and I don't want to play the result here. You know what I mean? Like after every win, it can't be well, he's the better goalkeeper. And after every defeat, it can't be, well, clearly he's wrong. He's got to come out. I just think when you've got, what we've seen so far from Raya is in the games where we've been absolutely dominant and he's been able to do what we've looked at on Sunday. I think it's worked really, really well. The one game where we weren't, he kind of lost the plot and started hitting it long and giving the ball away. And I just wonder if this is going to be a theme that we see. But on Sunday, for sure, him him basically working as an extra outfield player against a side that offered no threat whatsoever. It definitely helped us in build-up. Yeah, th- th- this is kind of a weird one, right? Because I think I even messaged you guys on on WhatsApp uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, can't remember exactly when. But I said, uh, you know, I expected Raya's distribution to be, you know, a decent amount better than Ramsdale's and it it really hasn't been but But the long hasn't has it when he's gone long I think that's when you've when you've really seen it he has given away as many long balls as Ramsdale ever has yeah exactly exactly and he's had some really nice like one touch uh chips I, I I don't really know how else to call it like floated balls to you know you know winger yeah, particularly and stuff to like Ben that. White I think yeah per- particularly to Ben White yep exactly is what I was thinking but um I've not noticed an incremental enough difference between them to justify dropping Ramsdale and y- you know me I mean I said Raya would earn his spot but so far I'm not I think Sunday was, I think uh, Saturday rather, was the first time that I've kind of gone, yeah, that that's that's why he did it. Um, and it was just that, I don't think Ramsdale would be comfortable walking up to stand in alongside Saliba at centre-back, leave the goal completely unguarded while Gabriel goes out to left-back and just join in the build-up play, flowing across. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just that is think, fair. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just, feel like I didn't even answer your question there. You're right. You're right. 
I can't see Ramsdale doing that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All, that, all that, that, that is a big difference. All that through pass he did for Zinchenko. Well, I, yeah. I've not seen Randall do, Ramsdale do something like that. That through pass where he split open the midfield uh, for Zinchenko. I don't know. Ramsdale's done that a few times. I mean, Has he? I, yeah, I, I think he does that. It's, it's a pass that he does play. I mean, I mean he also gets it wrong because he got it wrong against Southampton. That's the exact pass, by the way, that mm. Ramsdale gave away against Southampton. Yeah, I guess I guess because he pulled it off really well, uh, Raya. That maybe I'm not. I'm. I'm I, I can't remember Ramsdale doing such a a, a type of. I think also you, you you relate. My argument as well would be that Bournemouth. Yeah, you're right. There was very little pressure, but nor was there in the home game when Ramsdale Ramsdale cocked up with that. Was it was it that game or Nottingham Forest? I I forgot which. There was a few where he's made these. Southampton was the one in the first minute when he tried to remember Partey dropped into centre-back and he tried to split the defenders and just got We also had a howler against Bournemouth, didn't we? Didn't he? Did he have a mistake in Bournemouth as well, the home game? Um, Or was that? I can't. Southampton he did because that Alcaraz scored, didn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, there's games like that where we didn't have any pressure. But there was a mis- full blown mistake made. I'm not trying to nitpick because I'm I know I'm in the Ramsdale camp. I love Ramsdale, but I think where Raya probably super goes over him is in in kind of I think there's a more of a calmness when the ball comes to him, especially when it's in a position when we're when when he gets the the ball at his feet. I feel there is not even with aerial stuff. He's, there seems to be a lot more calmer than Ramsdale, and the aerial less stuff. error prone. Yeah, the but, aerial stuff I've noticed. The, the, mm, the calmness yeah, on the same, ball. Same. I, the, the only reason that I'm I thought that when I first saw him play, but mm. against Spurs, that completely went out the window. I thought he lost the plot completely against Spurs. I, I the calmness was just gone. I mean, he, he looked like an erratic mess for the second half of that game when he was launching the ball up in the air. So I I think I want to see him do this in a game where we aren't literally strolling before I'm ready to actually commit to saying that. But for this game, just all, my, my only point was for this game, I don't think Ramsdale could do what he did as comfortably because it looked like it was natural to him, Pat. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's that's really what I'm trying to get to is that it does seem more natural on the ball. Um, maybe in the Spurs game, you're you're correct. Um, Spurs did press well, and I yeah. guess that has an impact on our defenders being available and who's available, and so therefore he was launching long, and maybe it wasn't as accurate. You could perhaps make that argument, but we're going to see next Sunday <laughs> how how prepared he is and how how much of a difference will it be when he plays a really good team who know how to press. So I guess that's going to be the real proof as to whether Arteta has made the right decision in bringing him in. Um, because you, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Bournemouth or um, an Everton um, or any of these type of teams, even Palace to some extent, you're not really going to see the best of a player or a goalkeeper. They're not going to be as tested. But I think we're going to see now um, really if he if he is the real deal. I was just going to say, I think... Um... I think um, we need to accept that Tottenham is actually a, a pretty good team this season as well. And like, we, we shouldn't, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything you said, Paz, but I'm just mm. saying like, it, it shouldn't be like, a, well, Tottenham did this. I mean, I think Tottenham is pretty quality this year. And I, I mean, I hate to say it. But I will I, not I, accept that. I will not accept that. 
but but my my kind of, that that does go to kind of my point. Do you know what I mean? I'm more worried about the better teams. Like the calm, like I said, the calmness seemed to evaporate to me in that game, and it, it's okay being calm away against Bournemouth when everyone's having a nice day in the sunshine and strolling around, but against teams who are about as good as Bournemouth, but maybe have a little bit more of the ball, like Spurs. Would you say about as good as Bournemouth relegation? I would say, but when you get in a in a little bit more high intensity environment, that's when the calmness comes through. Just yeah, I think so. But I I think there's there's something special that 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 Ange is doing with this Tottenham team that I think can only be. I mean, I hate to say it, it kind of reminds me of when Arteta took over Arsenal. Um, so oh, Jazzy's I, spell on the podcast was a good one. Um, thanks for your time, <laughs> Jazz. Well, I, I'll caveat <laughs> that though, Justin. I'd caveat that. Um, why I, I wouldn't get too excited. You're right though. There's definitely a stark difference in the way they play. They're, they're better than they uh, were it, last year. Like, no, yes, no, and no, I think I, I, I think bringing in a Madison was was a great move because he has made a difference. My thing with them is I feel they're going to run out of steam. Uh, it's not just hope, but I do feel firstly a few injuries that that squad is really uh, you know not built well, for anything. At the minute, and I think case, he's a new manager going for him. Right, Sorry? Like the de- yeah. The decisions are all going for them. Yeah, the yeah. they're in that yeah. little bit of they're in that little run. You know, they could have been four 0 down against Man United at half time, and they weren't. And they got away with it, and they come back and won. Sheffield United, they were losing ten minutes into injury time. You know, they got back and 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 they won. Liverpool will go into this. We'll have a little talk about this at the end. But obviously, there were some outrageous decisions yeah. that went their way in in that game. So I think at the minute things are just going for them. They're basically having an elongated man, new manager bounce. Is what's going on. Now they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. I had them down at finishing eighth. They're not going to do that. They're definitely in a fight for fourth, hundred percent. But they ain't no better than that. They're just getting a little bit going for them. But my point about this to bring it back to where we started was just that when we get against the better teams in the league, the top six teams in the league, that is where I want to see Raya's calmness coming through before I'm ready to anoint him, because that is where I feel it hasn't, it wasn't there. The calmness that was there against Everton, the calmness that was there against PSV, the calmness that was there at the weekend, just seemed to evaporate. Now, it's obviously a big game. It's his first North London derby. You can make some, you know, some. you can, you can definitely put some mitigating circumstances to that. But... We on passage right on Sunday. We'll we'll see what this calmness is all about and whether it comes through. Yeah, I think that's 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 really fair. Yeah, I mean, um, if the calmness you know erodes during a North London derby, I mean, let's see what it's like during Manchester City on Sunday, right? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, do. it'll be it'll be a different game though. It'll be a different atmosphere. It won't yeah, be way different. Yeah. It, you know, there won't be as many fouls in it. That it won't be as broken up. So it will it will definitely be a different be a different game. Hopefully, there'll be more quality in it because that that the derby was was very low on quality. We absolutely got dragged down in that game. So hopefully, there'll be more quality on Sunday. But we'll preview Sunday towards the end of the week. So I don't want to go into that too much here. But we'll we'll definitely see them. All right, so let's run through the goals real quick. Um, Paz on the first one. So Erdegaard gets a hockey assist on this one, as they say. It was his cross that was deep to Jesus. 
Jesus did really well actually to turn that anywhere near goal because I I didn't see how he possibly could. Um, And he headed it off the bar and there's Saka at the back post to, to nod in. And this is kind of Saka's superpower, right? He's scoring the first goal, scoring the equalizing goal. This is what he does. Even when you think, well, he's not playing that well. If you think about it, Saka has had a goal or an assist in every game this season. He's also given three goals away. He scored four goals and given three away because he gave away, he let Erdegaard take the penalty earlier on against, was it Forrest? Erdegaard took the penalty. Then he let Erdegaard take the penalty Saturday and then Havertz took the third one. So he's actually given three goals away and he's still got four already. Yep. Well, that uh, I mean, actually, that's a that's that's a good point. Was it him who gives him away, or was it Odegaard who's making that decision? I think Odegaard gave Havertz the ball. Havertz, um, okay. But okay, we'll, we'll so... talk about that when we do that goal. But yeah, I think Odegaard gave Havertz the ball, but but Saka gave Odegaard the ball twice. So yeah, I, I don't think that's Odegaard's decision. I think Saka mm. is the primary taker unless he wants to dish it out. Um, and so I think he, he he gave the two away, and I think Odegaard said, "Hey, let's let's give it to Kai." Which is sorry. What sorry. did you say, Just? I was just saying, um I think after Saka had his missus, you have Odegaard as captain. I think he is the be all end all of this. I don't think just watching their body language when the, the penalties, you know, are, are given and they, you know, toss the ball around and and, and I like that, you know. I do. I like it because uh, it kind of throws off the the goalkeeper, the opposing team. But this is this is Odegaard's shot. It like it's it's Odegaard's shout. I guess I should say. Mm. Yeah, I see. I, I disagree with that. I think Saka's is the primary penalty taker, and therefore it's Saka's shout. Would be how I read it. But who knows? If if it is the way Gav's reading it, it kind of highlights the confidence in that Saka has in himself anyway, that he knows he'll score, regardless of whether it will be a penalty or not, um, if that is the case. Um, but I, I, I do feel he's um he's showing that that his his knack in front of goal, his 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 I mean the goal again the the Spurs one was an own goal but I mean he's he's getting a hand in in a lot of our play and it, it probably goes to the point of why he's continuously played and played for le- long periods of the game because of the contribution he brings to the team um but it was um it was a slightly scrappy goal but it was a lovely it was a, a lovely ball by Odegaard and um I agree with you I was I don't know how Jesus did that um and um it was pretty straightforward for him to, to put it away, but being in the right place at the right time as well. Yeah, and then we come to the second one, Jazz, which is the penalty. It's a nice turn and drive from Enketia. 100% a foul, I think. It's actually very reminiscent of the last penalty that Enketia got that was like, you, you're never going to see a more uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straightforward penalty than that. Yeah. Um, and Saka stands there, holds the ball on the spot, throws the ball to Erdegaard. Erdegaard, I mean, you're just so confident, aren't you, when, when Erdegaard steps up? I I am I'm I'm so confident. I mean, he he just he exudes confidence. It's like he's been there, done that for years. And um, you know, he's not even a some veteran player or anything. I mean, I guess for his age, he is. But you know, he just steps up and and just nails the perfect penalty. Beautiful. Gotta love it. 
Yeah, and it, he does that stutter run-up where he kind of baits the keeper. And, and this one, yep. as he did it, I thought the keeper's not moving. The keeper's not moving. And he waited till right at the very end. And as soon as that keeper blinked, that was it. It was just tucked in the other corner. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been better. He literally just curled it right in the uh, the, the the left post there. I mean, beautiful penalty. It's like he's, you know... Uh, Again, it's it's like he's a veteran just taking these, you know. Yeah, there's there's never a doubt. And then we come on to the the third goal pass, another penalty. Again, I mean, the foul on Odegaard was. I mean, there were two fouls in one there, Brainless. right? So he took him out, and then he's lifted his boot to make sure he took him out, and then he turned around to the ref and said, "I got the ball," which I I, I thought was quite quite amusing. Maybe he got the ball after Odegaard fell down a few times, and then he touched it somehow. I don't <laughs> after know. Foul but, number six, yeah, yeah, it was mindless. Uh, same with the Inketia penalty. I was just like shocked at how stupid those challenges were. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, Stonewall penalty, you wouldn't even need VAR for that. Um, and uh, yeah, lovely, lovely gesture. Uh, I surprised me actually, to be honest, but it kind of. Probably goes to what we've been talking about in in the need for Harberts to have something under his name, an assist or a goal or something uh, to just give him a little bit more confidence. And you can see that the team acknowledge that. Um, I, I, I was dreading the fact, I was dreading him missing, because uh, be I, I think would endless jokes and memes and, and scrutiny if he was to miss that. But um, I'm glad he did. And he took it well, took it really, really well. He did, but he's shown that he's a good penalty taker. I believe it was, I believe, 16 of his previous 17 he's he's scored. Um, So I I never really had any doubt that he was going to score it. Don't get me wrong, it did flash through my mind, oh God, if he misses this, the headlines. But I never really had any doubt that he was going to score. And I do do think it's a goal that he needs. Do you remember Aubameyang doing that with Pepe when he threw Pepe the ball? When Pepe first arrived and he hadn't scored and we got a penalty and he threw him the ball. And let Pepe yeah. score. And yeah, it, it got yeah. him off from running. And I think this was something similar. And I, I think Habits did need this. And I know we're only two up. But like I said before, this game was never... I mean, it was never in doubt. They they were not offering any sort of threat. So I thought it was the smart move. It, it was important for Habits to get off from running. And you could see... You could see a weight lifted off him. And you could see a difference in Habits before that penalty and after that penalty. That first half, I didn't think he was very good. I didn't think he was terrible, but I didn't think he was he was really very good until the until no. the goal. Um and I thought once he got the goal, it sort of breathed a new life into him. Yeah, it did. Uh, I I was gonna actually just touch on that uh just before you um you spoke that that I did see a spring in his step after that goal. Um which just shows you what it does to someone. Um and, and I think we were talking in the chat that the first half he was really not not as involved in the game as we would have liked, but um, I'm hoping this is the start of something for him. He seems a very, he seems a like, besides coming from Chelsea, but he seems a very likable, uh, likable person. Um, and it seems that the team like him, obviously. So um, I hope this is a, this is a real turning point for him. Yeah. And then to round off the day, just Erdegaard getting his second, oh, go on, go on, you attack. Can I, can I touch on that Havertz penalty for a second? Yeah, go for it. I I um I, I just want to say I find it really interesting that I feel like the team recognizes when a player needs a goal. Mm. You know what I mean? Like um 
I, I, I know we see it, you know, occasionally. It's not some like super rare thing, but I, I, I always find it really interesting when it looks like the team recognizes a player needs a goal, you know? Um, mm. And I thought this was really obvious, um, not in a bad way, um, but I thought this was really obvious and really great just just teamwork. I don't know who orchestrated it. I mean, it probably, you know, Odegaard's the captain, uh, maybe Saka. I don't know. But I, I just thought this was, um, you know, brilliant team building here. And um, I do find it interesting that, you know, they they probably, they do see a lot of the social media, probably. You know, they see a lot of Havertz bashing and stuff like that, the, the, the entire team. And, and, and they recognize that, you know, he needed this. And I, I, I find that really interesting, just me personally. Um, mm. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with you. I think it was a, it was a brilliant, and I don't think it was a gesture either. I think they were confident that he was going to score. I don't think they gave it to him because he was the fat kid in the playground. They, they gave it to him because they thought that he could score and they knew he needed a goal. And I, I think that shows that sh- I think their belief in him, is more important than what's on the back pages of the sun. And I think by them doing that, they've shown him belief. And that's going to, I think that's, that can only help. Um, right. So on to the fourth one, Juz. Um, Erdegaard completes his day with another assist, free kick whipped in the box, Ben White header. That's a popular goal, right? Anytime Ben White scores, it's a popular goal. Oh, mate. I love, I love me some Ben White. Um, but yeah, great, great goal. Um, I'm, I'm super happy he got it, um, you know, finished off the day, secured the win. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, what else is there to say? I mean, you know, Ben White is pretty much the GOAT. Yeah, and Odegaard, Odegaard had had a little bit of criticism after the Spurs game, and I, I don't think he played well. I don't think anyone played well, but he, he definitely yeah. wasn't up to his normal standards. But I, I thought he was absolutely imperious on Saturday. Um, you know, he was the pre-assist, hockey assist, whatever you want to call it for the first one, scored the penalty for the second one, got fouled for the penalty for the third one, took the free kick for the fourth one. Um, he was just involved in everything. Paz, and then at the end, as well as, you know, instructing the penalty to be given to Havertz, he's the one that pushed Havertz over in front of our fans when the uh, the absolutely fantastic new Kai Havertz song was going on. And you could see how much that meant to him. That's leadership. Yeah, super touching. It is. It is, it is, it is leadership, um, and um, you could see it meant a lot to him as a player because I think when your confidence is down, um, the one thing that will keep you, keep you, um, uh, keep you going is seeing your the support around you as a team, and I think that's really important for a player, uh, and the support of the fans as well. And funnily enough, I think Bournemouth seems to be um, the ground where. Uh, we hear new songs about players because it was last year when we beat them 3-0 and the Saliba song came to the forefront. So um, it was nice to hear a different, a new yeah. one for a new player. Um, but yeah, it was great, man. And it was like a home game. I, 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 it's a yeah. lot like you were saying, Gav, I think you said it on the chat before that it's a, it's a really fun day out. And I think it was a sunny day as well. And I, I, I it felt just like last season, like we were playing at home. It's brilliant, the away fans. Yeah, Judge, you you said in the in the chat why why is it always Bournemouth when these great songs come out? And I think the answer is simply is simply that it's a it's it's not a midday kickoff for a start. It's an afternoon kickoff, so there's plenty of time in the pubs beforehand. Bournemouth has some cracking pubs. It's a really nice place. 
it's a couple of hours on the train so you've sunk a couple of beers on the train and then you've got to the pub and everyone's everyone's up and happy the sun was out i think it was just the perfect kind of scenario for that creativity to come out and and what a song it is jazz i mean i've been singing it all weekend yeah it's a real earworm isn't it um and yeah all that all those factors make sense i mean i think um you know going to bournemouth at the time we did um you know south coast of england sunny weather i mean it's just perfect for what we did right i mean we basically ran riot and uh you know it's perfect for a new song as 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 we did yeah and they, it, it is great. I mean, I've seen the videos going around everywhere, and and you know, hopefully, he can smash a few more, and then that song, <laughs> that song can keep going because uh, he, he needs to. He definitely needs to add a few more so we can we can hear it again. Yeah, I definitely like to hear it again. And um, you know, I mean, I'm, I know um, some of us have been a little critical of Kai, and you know, I I mean, I'm gonna be critical of Kai. I guess, but uh, I'm pulling for him no matter what, and to see him get his goal and stuff like that, I'm I I couldn't be happier. I love that he's got a song, and um, you you know, I hope he succeeds a hundred percent. Paz, are there songs that can only be sung at away grounds? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't see that song ever being sung inside the Emirates. It's the same with the the Erdegaard song. Did you hear the Erdegaard song that? came out uh, yeah yeah yeah. i love the odegaard song i i don't see but i don't see any of those songs catching on at the emirates they seem like specifically away songs do you know what i mean yeah maybe it's because um you know the away fans they're the core of arsenal football club in a lot of ways i'm not saying those that go and season tickets to home games aren't but away fans these are the bread and butter of Arsenal Football Club because they are the ones taking the trip down there. They're going to every single away game um, and they, they're they in the minority whenever they go to uh, to a stadium. So they have to have that. They, they When you're in a minority, you, your togetherness is even stronger, I think. Yeah. I think when you're in the majority, yeah. you've also got a lot of corporate, a lot of box, a lot of celebrities go to Arsenal games. It's the thing to go and watch Arsenal. You've seen Kim Kardashian there and all of these... So I feel that element of it is taken out, but these are the real Arsenal football club that these are the core of Arsenal. And I think these kind of songs are more prevalent in those away games because of that reason. I I feel it just does not, the home games is obviously the traditional songs that we hear, but these new innovative ones that we're hearing more and more, I think it's just, purely because of the type of individuals that are going to the away games. That 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 is Arsenal really. And they're incredible, the away fans. I don't think they get enough credit because Arsenal fans have always notoriously in the media, I should say, been known to be quiet, quite passive, etc. But I think our away away fans, especially over the last two, three years, have been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Hey, lads, I was just curious as uh, two people that have been to uh, Highbury and I believe the Emirates, right? Both of you guys. Yeah. How, how do these chants come about? Like, uh, like who is who is making the Saliba chant? Who is That's making the question, this? isn't it? Gav, you'd, I, you'd I probably have, be no, I, I have no idea. I've been, at, I've been at games where a song has started up for the first time, especially away games. 
Um, it, it does always happen more away. It's because you're in a tight, mm. you're more of a tight knit group, and you're, you know, you're traveling away. You're going into enemy territory. That, that's you're right, Paz. That's exactly why it happens more away from home. And you know, if you're taking the train and you're all drinking on the train, a lot of this stuff starts on trains before yeah. you get into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for who starts them, I have no idea. You just hear it, and it will start with ten people, and then twenty people, and before you know it, the whole, the whole stand is joining in. And I, I, I have no idea who starts them, but they just, they just seem to start out of, out of nowhere, and they just pick up. I mean, I remember the, the day that the Vieira song uh, first, first came out. I, I have no idea where it started from, but we all joined in, and that's, you know, and that's kind of where it happens. I've never started one. I would love to. I, uh, I, I did. Me and Imran, me and Moan and Imran have. A, we had a long running one a while ago. We tried to get. Oh, Edu like to be beside the seaside going when uh, when we signed Edu. <laughs> and it never caught on for some reason. I, I don't know why. Oh, man. It's, <laughs> don't don't beat yourself up. No, that's so interesting, though, how like organic it all is. And I it, I, it, uh, I I hope to experience it. Well, you it's see po- so many people, right, especially online that try and write these lyrics and, you know, it's never going to catch on. But then yeah. something like this does. And I don't know why. But it's probably easier now, right, Gav? Because you used to go, you used to you used to be in the pre-social media times, like yeah. I did. But you went to a lot more games than me. Yeah. So it must have been harder that time to to cotton on to new songs because now you can put it on social media, have a few fans around you, invent a new song, and then people think, oh, well, that's a new there, song for this person. There was a game. There was a game. I shit you not. I'm sure it was an away game, and they handed out a song sheet for people. And I'm trying to remember what game it was, and I cannot remember. It may have been. I'm trying to think. That for every American the, sport. <laughs> I don't know if it was the. I don't know if it was the FA Cup semi final <laughs> or Old Trafford against Spurs when Vieira scored. It may have been that, and they all just ended up on the floor. Like, like it's never going to work like that. But yeah, there was a song sheet. I'd have to try. I'll, I'll have to see if Moni Nimran remembers what game it was when they handed us a song sheet, and we, it, it just all went on the floor. Like it's just it's ridiculous. But yeah, so Juz, it's it's just organic. You know, it it comes out of nowhere. I I don't know who who it was that starts them, but everyone everyone's either going to join in or they're not. Right? Like, no, like you it's, can... it's beautiful. I I think it's awesome. Like, yeah, you uh, can make one. You don't have no anything like that. Right? Sorry, go ahead. It's no, very no, specific go. to football, isn't it? Yeah, you don't have anything like that in American sports. Like anything like that. It's defense. Defense. And synchronized. I I love it. uh, Synchronized too. Yeah, it's definitely the same appeal. All right, lads. Well, that will do for that. We're back in part two. We'll look forward to uh, Lance and we'll talk a little bit about the the VAR stuff at the weekend as well because you all know I love VAR. So we will see you the other side of the break. Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Hello, welcome back into the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. 
So we kick this half off with a preview of the Lons game um, Tuesday, tomorrow now, I guess. Um, so Lons had an awful start to the season. We covered this before in the in the preview. They had been a bit unlucky with a fixture list. They'd kind of played all the big boys early. Um, they have won the last two. They won one nil away at the weekend, and Wahi scored the uh, scored the goal. I didn't actually realise this till I looked up. I knew that he'd been linked with a lot of clubs in the summer. I didn't realise that they'd paid €35 million Euros for him, which is the second biggest transfer inside France ever. Um, but it was his first goal to get the to get the 1-0 win. Um, this, just, this ain't going to be an easy, an easy game. Uh, man, Gav, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, based on their, their table position last year, I was like, uh, you know, this could be tricky, but they've had, you know, the rough start, like you mentioned. Um, I think with a, with a well-balanced squad, we should be able to handle this one. I do. Um, I, I'm not saying it's not tricky. Like, you're probably right. Like, uh, every league, you know, has a little bit of a, a different play balance. And I I, uh, I agree with that. But I, I, I think we should be able to handle this one pretty comfortably. I, they're going to be right up for this. And their fans are going to be right up for this. I was just... It's their first time in the Champions League for 20 years. So... I think they're going to be they're going to be so up for this game, Paz. We've been there. We've been there before to Lons. I believe it was a draw actually last time we we played in Lons. Um, but it's going to be one of them games where I think the occasion is going to make it harder than the game itself. Do you know what I mean? A bit like Daishi's first game at Goodison when we when we went and lost up there. I think we've got to be careful here not to play the occasion because for them it is a big deal. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I really don't know anything about them. Um, I should really be researching that, but I, I don't know too much about them. So I'll go by what Justin's saying, what you've said about them. Um, they came in as a third seed uh, in our group, um, in the third pot three, I should say. Um, uh, and um, absolutely, I, they, these places are never going to be a walk in the park. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those cases where if you can get past the first 10, 20 minutes, keep it at, you know, um, nil-nil or take a lead or whatever it is, but not letting them in. I think you can then handle the crowd and it starts to to invariably get a bit quieter. Um, I, I, I think we have enough there to go and feel that we can, uh, the very least, a draw, but I think we should try for the win. Um, but I, I don't... I. From what I'm hearing about them and what I'm saying, I don't think it's going to be easy. They got a respectable draw against Sevilla, um, so you know we. I think we. What gives me um, quite a lot of hope is our away record this season has been pretty decent. Uh, it's been much better than our home, actually. Uh, I think we've won every game it's, away. Yeah, it's the only two draws are at home. Yeah, so every game has been away. We won. So I do feel we go into away games um, pretty good with a good setup with a good mentality. Um, you know, then then we have the question of, of what is he going to do, you know, first team wise. We'll all have our thoughts on that, but um, I'm sure we'll we'll be prepared for it. Uh, I I don't think this Champions League at all we're going to take for granted. That's my feeling on it, and I hope that's not going to be the case after battering PSV. But I I would think that's the least 
um, thing, uh, uh, attitude that we'll have when we go into complacent. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. Um, Jazz, we see Partey's back in training. Um, obviously, he's not going to start on Tuesday night, but I could see him maybe being on the bench Tuesday night. Saka was training as well. <laughs> Saka's going to start. We we know oh, he's yeah, going to start. No, no matter what you think of it. Um, do you think do you think he'll make any any changes, Jazz, for the for Tuesday night? And you know that's really a tough one, Gaff. I mean, we've only got one Champions League game under Arteta to you know form any kind of opinion. Um, I think he will make some changes. I, I I hope he makes some changes, right? Am, am I alone in feeling like that? Like you guys want him to make some changes, right? Like I hope Saka doesn't play. Or at yeah, least I think we've start. we've got a, for me, we've got a squad for a reason. And as much as I'm not a big fan of rotation, I I I don't see why you wouldn't give a couple of the fringe players a game. But you know, I think I think in. We've spoken before, right, about rewarding players. So Vieira came on, played really well. He got rewarded with yep. a start, as you should. I think you can say the same about Reese and Emil Smith Rowe over yeah, the last over the yeah. last couple of games. So yeah. I, I, and and I don't think even we're going to start here. Let me just say that I, I don't think they should though. They will they should? But I, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. I, I really don't. But I'm, my opinion is that he's going to go in basically with a first eleven. Um, and and just have have done with it. I, I I don't see. I mean, you've got the argument about what our first eleven is. I guess without Martinelli, if Trossard is back, I expect Trossard to come in and Jesus to move through the middle. Um, but if not, I, I think it'll be pretty much the same team as the weekend. I I think. Sorry, pass. Not to cut you off or anything. No, I cool. think I think this is a this is a game we could easily win with like an Odegaard, Smithrow, Jorginho midfield. Um, I've got a, a good mate that's that's French and, and watches all the the league games. Gaff, go ahead. League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um says says Lons isn't really you know. Um. So 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 I trust that opinion. Um. I think we could, uh, dabble in like a Europa League level squad. You know, if that makes sense here. And still probably be pretty comfortable, especially as I imagine PSV is possibly the toughest game in the group, and we've already battered them. The argument against that, Just, is that if you go out and if we go through against West Ham in the in the cup, we have a midweek game every game up every week up until Christmas, other than the, the international break. Right, every week we are weekend midweek weekend midweek. If you get qualification in this out of the way early, if you win the first four games, you're basically we're done, right? If we win the first four games, I can't see PSV. I think will drop points against either Lons or or Sevilla. I, I think they'll drop points against one of them, even if it's in the away game, whatever. So I think yeah. if you get to twelve, right, you're you're pretty much through. So then you've got two games that you can do whatever you want with. So there's an argument to there's an argument to really cracking on early with the thought of we're still early in the season. People are still finding their legs. When it gets to the end of November and the start of December, they're the games we really want to want to be able to rotate players for with a Christmas period. So so what you're suggesting and and I'm not against it. You just want to go full power till we get 12 points. 
I think it makes sense to do that, and I think that's exactly what Arteta's going to do. Um, I'm not saying yeah, I, I would. I'm not saying I would do it, but I think I've got a bit more faith in Emil Smith Rowe and Reese Nelson than Arteta has, which is weird, seeing as he handed them both huge extent contract extensions, but he doesn't yeah. seem to want to start them. So I I don't know. I think I think where the the argument comes in is would they putting them in, and I think this goes to what my thought process, which is similar to both of yours, is. Would putting Smith Rowe over Saka be so detrimental? I I wouldn't think so. Putting Holding over Saliba is detrimental, right? But yes. putting Smith Rowe over Saka, who is penetrative, he showed some glimpses of what we like to see against Bournemouth. I guess he should have probably scored one of the goals, but one of the one of the chances. But he got himself in the right position. He's dynamic. Is that against a Lons team going to be so have such an effect? that by preserving Saka that little bit more, maybe just giving him, uh, even if you have to bring him on for 20 minutes, just say, um, for a game that is going to be our most important game of the season thus far, uh, uh, coming up on Sunday. Again, an argument, uh, this won't happen, and I wouldn't urge it either as party for Rice, not in this game, because party has obviously been injured, but and he's just coming back. But let's say there's a game well, in the Champions League. The only League thing with that playing. has is that the argument is you might as well play him because he's going to be injured against Man City anyway, because it's <laughs> yeah. Man City. Which, which, which is another he's good point. played yeah. against Manchester yeah. City. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But if you take it in 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 uh, between <clears> the two of them, and they're both fit, and party is in miraculously fit for the game, would putting party in over Rice just to rest Rice one game be totally that would be, would be an awful move that could cause a massive problem like putting Lukonga in over party or Lukonga in over Rice? I don't think so. I think this is where we wanted to be as a squad where we can put one player in for the other and the the gulf is not that big. So well, I think is... that's where you can probably say managing it in this way, not where you're making wholesale changes, but you're making individual changes because you know that next game is also vital and yet still have an effective performance and still put out a team which is which is competitive. Well, this is the point that I always always make, right, about you don't upgrade the squad players, you upgrade the first team. So mm. by bringing in Declan Rice, you've improved on Thomas Partey rather than improving on Sambi Lakonga. Because if you mm. improve on Sambi Lakonga, I still don't want to play that geezer in the big games. If mm. you improve on Thomas Partey, I'm fine with Thomas Partey playing in the bigger in the bigger games. He just yeah. doesn't doesn't do it. <laughs> like, no, no. If he, he doesn't turn up for a big literally. game, literally, he's not yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's never he's been. Fit he's always injured for the big, for the big game. game. No, <laughs> so that's you know that is a, that is a problem. With, yeah, with but him. Gav, you got to think. Even if Party plays, the injury doesn't usually come in the game. It will come in training three, two days well, that's, after. That's what that I'm saying. Game. So you might as well play him in play him against yeah, Lons because one way or another, he's getting injured on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is true. That's so, I mean, Tommy Asu's another one who can come in. I think you, you do, know. Do you think there'll be any? Oh yeah, rotation I'm, I'm totally Asu. comfortable with. Um, I don't. I, I just don't. I just don't see him nah, rotating, especially yeah. because it's Tuesday, Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that makes mm. a difference too. It's Tuesday to Sunday. It's not Wednesday to Saturday, and I think that does make a difference. But then the argument could be it was Saturday to Tuesday, though, right? Uh, didn't we play on Saturday? We played Saturday, right? What, um, what before Bournemouth? So yeah. the the oh, yes. the, yeah. the game the, the 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 between those two is quite short as well. Yeah, it's remember. a shorter period. So, yeah. So I I, I think the um uh, also Ramsdale. Do you think Ramsdale starts? I don't know. No, no, no. I, I, I again don't. again it's a one I would not 
begrudge him putting him in, but you know, anyway. It, it seems to me if you were going to we do that, know. it would have made more sense against. Well, we don't because we also didn't believe that the penalties were going to rotate, and mm. they have. So maybe will mm. maybe it will surprise us. But I, I I just think if you're going to play Ramsdale, the game to do it was PSV, not this one. If you're if you're Arteta, do you know what I mean? Like that's the one that you kind of deserve to play, and it's the home game. I think that's the. I think. If you're Arteta and you were going to do that, then that would have been the game to rotate for. Wait, hey, Gab, are you looking at this as a tougher game than PSG? Yes, because it's away. It's, I don't think it's about that. I think okay. all yeah. I think all three teams oh, in this it. group, I think we're considerably better than. I think the away games are going to be tougher than, although, I mean, don't, you know, results haven't borne that out so far this season. But in general, the away games, especially in Europe, are tougher than the home games. You're traveling to their city. You're staying in their hotels. It's, you know, when teams come to us, they're traveling to London. They're having to stay in our hotels. They're dealing with the traffic in London that they're not used to dealing with. Nice short trip, though, you know, right there in North London. That was was actually what I was about to touch on. We got... You know, on on the surface, we've got exceptionally lucky with this group yeah. because, in all aspects, quality of the opponents, but also trips, uh, no long long trips, but also no trips in um, you know the snow in Ukraine or somewhere yeah. like that. You know, yeah, great, it's, point. great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And and we we ain't got to play any of the stupid five o'clock kickoffs. You know that they have to do in Russia before uh, before it gets literally too cold to walk outside. Exactly. So it's it, it definitely for for travel and stuff. It definitely worked out to be a to be a good a good draw for us. I think. So let's touch on this VAR fiasco from the weekend because <laughs> you're giving yourself a lot of time for this, guy. Yeah, I. You know what? I I just. <laughs> Me and Pass have discussed this today a little bit. So my my point is this: I was oh, without cards, me. cards on the table without without you. me. It was an argument that was going on somewhere else. You didn't want to be a part of this. It's, it's um, it went on for hours. You did not need to be a part of it. But there was there was um, so I was cards on the table. Time I was against VAR from the beginning. I, I don't see the need for it. I think it's unnecessary. I think it destroys the in stadium experience of going to a game. We've spent 30 years bringing in laws to speed the game up and all of a sudden we brought in something that slows the game down more than anything in history. So I didn't see the need for VAR. I don't like VAR. I don't think it's correcting the mistakes and I don't think it ever was going to correct the mistakes. I think we were sold a pup, basically. Um, I don't think VAR can ever work. Right, I'll say that now. I don't think it can ever work. You've got a game where 60 to 70% of the laws are subjective. You've got a game that takes place at breakneck speed and you're watching replays slowed down to God knows how many frames per second, but you're, you're slowing the game right down. So the game looks, looks different. I don't think this can work. And, and pass one of the arguments that went today was you like the idea of the semi-automated offsides, which I've got no issue yeah. with in general, but what I was saying to you earlier on is that in this case, that wouldn't have helped because it's a good point. And, and, and the reason isn't because of the tech or anything like that. The reason is, is that when they do these checks, they don't check if you're offside or not. They check on the circumstance. So in this case, they thought a goal had been given. So because they thought a goal had been given, all they were looking for was a reason to disallow the goal. When they saw no reason to disallow the goal, they said check complete. Then the game restarts. Now, maybe there's ways that the language can toughen up rather than that. Instead of saying, is the goal okay or is it not? Maybe you can say, is there an offside? And then that cancels out that ambiguity. 
But at the end of the day, this tech all needs a person to run it. Whatever happens at the end of the day, it's still going to be a person in charge making the decisions. A robot, is, this isn't Skynet. A robot isn't going to make this decision for anybody. So you're always going to get that. And my biggest argument against it is this was supposed to end controversy. It's caused more. And not only has it caused more, but now it's caused conspiracy theorists. Because before, let's take the Arsenal-Brentford game, right? And the Ivan Tony goal. Before, we could sit in the pub afterwards and say, that linesman has fucked up. That is bad. He should have spotted that. And then we all go home. Now, the linesman has missed it. They've put it on 15 slow motion TVs that three people have watched and someone's forgotten to draw the lines. At that point, it becomes harder to say that that is a mistake. Do you know what I mean? It is a mistake. I'm not a conspiracy theorist on this. I don't believe that they're screwing over this team or that team. I just think they're bad at their jobs. And I don't think that VAR can help them. And I think that that's where we are with this. So that's that's but, my view on it. Paz, go ahead. My question to you, Gab, because the semi-automatic, you make a really good point on that. And I, I did not realize that. I, I did not know about that aspect of it. But so you telling me, let's say hypothetically, the linesman in that Liverpool game had not put his flag up, right? Would then the um, would then the semi-automatic kick in because theoretically the goal's been given. Well, the it's not a, didn't put his no, flag up. So it, and then would they rule offside or onside? Or how 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 does it yeah, work? So it, this this one wasn't anything to do with the actual decision, right? No one looked at that and said we think he's offside. That's that's not what happened here. Except the the semi-automatic doesn't help. The linesman at the time did on the field, right? Yeah. But no one in the replay booth looked at that and said, okay, he's offside, no goal. That's not what happened. What happened was there was a breakdown in communication and they thought they were looking to rule a goal out, not allow a goal. So what happened is then they went back through. They looked for reasons to rule the goal out because they thought that it was given. They couldn't find anything. So they said, check complete. So had the goal been given and then it, and then it gone there, it would have been the same outcome because that's what they were checking for. So the problem here wasn't that no one no one saw that it was onside because let's be fair, we all watched the game live. We all saw it in real time that it was onside. We saw it in every replay that it was onside. You didn't need lines to see that was onside. It wasn't even particularly close. The biggest clanger here is the linesman who fucking flagged in the first place, right? That's where the real error has been here. But then the, the miscommunication... It wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered. No one is saying that they thought that was offside. What they're saying is they didn't they didn't they didn't check to allow the goal. They or check to disallow the goal. They checked to see if it, it they thought a goal had been awarded. So they were just checking that it was a valid goal. It was, hence check complete. So it, it's, I think so my argument about VAR is I do I, I wasn't I wasn't like basically putting out the banners that bring VAR in when we didn't have it. But I do feel there seem now look, I, I'm like you. I don't watch a lot of international football. I do watch the World Cup. I know there's like you mentioned, there's been certain exceptions. I but I have found their implementation has been more effective and quicker as well. So yes, there is still that point which you revert to, which is about celebrations, which is about in the stadium. Um, not bringing enough maybe uh, information into the stadium, but also there's the point when a goal scored, there's that instant reaction to a goal and that's taken away. I, I get all of that points, but I think that does still come to a point where implementation in the Premier League, bec- one, has been pretty poor, and two, 
officiating is adding to that as well. So you have basically a double whammy, don't you? You have a poor implementation of a product and horrible people who would adopt that product. Um, and so maybe, maybe, but my, my point about it is, is whether I want it or not, it's probably a futile argument for me because it's going to be here to stay. So the only option you really have is finding ways that they can improve it. And it seems, it seems, and I, again, if people can give examples as to the contrary, fine, but it seems the continent and with international, they've handled it better and they're better officiators, uh, better referees as well. Yeah, the, the, the uh, part of the, and I may be wrong on this, by the way, because this is just what I read, but part of the reason mm. that the clubs voted against the automated offsides this year is that some of our stadiums are not equipped to deal with it. So you need more and more cameras. And when you get the older grounds, say Craven Cottage, Goodison Park, um, uh, like Luton, places Luton. like that, I don't know that they can actually physically get the cameras and stuff in there in the places that they need to actually do that. Mm. But I, I mean, whether that's here or there, I, I mean, it is here to stay and you're right. That does that, that, that will come in just in this particular instance, it wouldn't have saved anyone's ass because the problem was they were checking for the wrong thing. That that's the problem. It was a bit like the Tony goal. Really? They forgot to draw the lines because they checked everything else <laughs> and mm. they forgot to check the most important bit. It's mm. kind of similar. Just, Jazz, are you on? Are you on mute? We can't hear you. <laughs> You're doing a pass. <laughs> no. Oh, he's on mute. Yeah, he's, he's on it, mute. Something, Look, here we go. To, to, to let you behind the curtain, Jazz is in, in an unfamiliar place, surrounded surrounded by not only his uh, not only his young son, but dogs and cats and. God knows, God knows what else. So he's been muting and unmuting, and it seems a permanent mute has taken place. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to restart your mic. So your uh, gremlins are in. Yeah, you're gonna miss out on this one unless you can, uh, unless you can do your mic. So, Pass. The other thing about this is the they're talking about a replay of this game, right? Yeah. Which is utterly ludicrous. Right, yeah, ludicrous. It because it is. it is what it is. It was a bad error. We all know it's a bad error. They've apologized for the error, which does you no good. You know, we got a couple of apologies last year, right? We got an apology yeah. for the one at Old Trafford that when they ruled out the Martinelli goal, we got an apology when they didn't rule out the Ivan Tony goal, and they don't do you any good. But you can't go replaying games. Like you just can't replay a game. The result is the result. It has to stand, and Liverpool can just whinge about it. And let's be fair, it's Liverpool. They don't need any any yeah. extra motivation to moan about something. So they're hey, gonna real quick to... testing. Oh, oh, look, Justin's you back. Yeah. Okay, he's back. Let, he's let's, back. Let's, let's just finish this, Jazz, and then you can With jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. But, um, but yeah, you can't go replaying this game, Paz, because if it is, then then not only do I want to replay the Bournemouth game from last year and subsequent every subsequent game after it, because obviously it affected the momentum of running. But I also want to go and replay that game from Old Trafford in October two, uh, 2004, when we got screwed out of the 50th game unbeaten. Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, people have used um, when Wenger offered a replay to, uh, to Which Bruce. Which is a different scenario, example. right? That wasn't It's a hundred percent different because I, listen, I love Arsene Wenger. I, I will, but let's be honest. It was Sheffield United at home. 
and um, it, it's a bit easier to offer offer another game against Sheffield United at home in an FA Cup game than it is in a Premier League game against Liverpool. Um, you you, you, yeah, and, you can and, extend the olive branch. And I also <laughs> thought that that was a ridiculous decision at the time. I, I, I was yeah. not a fan of, of that decision at the time to replay. I'm also not a fan of throwing the ball back to the opposition just to... Uh, just to let everyone know that, but um, but yeah, I, it was a ludicrous. Decision. I like it. Yeah, you would because you're a soft. <laughs> but but as, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you just can't go replaying these games. No, 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 that's ridiculous. I I don't I don't see anything too wrong with Liverpool's statement. I think there is a time when you've got to say, I'm sick and tired of the apologies. Can you please? Firstly, we want to listen to the audio. Want to know more about it? I don't know what they're going to be using if they do their lawyers for, but I don't see probably to wrong. sue, probably to sue the son and Margaret Thatcher. I probably, probably, but I don't see anything wrong with them. Uh, uh, you know, questioning this and, and saying that it's feeble. These apologies don't mean anything. They, they don't do anything. Nothing changes. So why are we apologizing for stuff that you guys never change? So um, nothing wrong with that, but you can't, it's, it's not going to be replayed. It's that's, that's insanity. No, and and just seeing as you're back, you can uh, chime in on this. Take it from the beginning. Um. Yeah, mate. I I, I um uh, I feel this is Occam's razor. You know, never uh, attribute to malice what could be attributed to incompetence. <laughs> I think um, ref- Referees are pretty much incompetent. So uh, two of my best mates I'm in a group chat with, one supports Liverpool, one supports Tottenham. You poor man. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. But um, I asked them about this totally, like, generically, not like as an Arsenal fan, just, like, curious what they thought. And, I mean pretty much all they had to say was the incompetence of the referees and how bad PGMOL has been since Howard Webb took over. And, you know, I, I, I know they're, they're both biased in this, but um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, they didn't blame the other club. They blamed the institution. And I, 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 I think that's where we're at. The institution is, is fucked, Right. Yeah, and at some point, right, something else has to be done. They they can't just keep issuing apologies and doing the same thing. I mean, I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter for my sins um, this afternoon, a <laughs> Liverpool fan, obviously, and you know, he said to me, "Well, we've never had a, we've we've never had a, an, an instance like this before." And I said, "Well, of course we have. Of course we've had. We've had these instances. Well, not with this incompetence." I said, "Mate." we dropped two points in a title running last year because they forgot to draw lines. To me, that is actually worse than an on-field miscommunication. I think forgetting to draw lines, which is your only fucking job when checking an offside, is worse than the ref and the VAR getting mixed up what they're actually checking for. And And I don't want to play the game of who's been screwed most by the refs and who's been screwed most by VAR because oh, we're going to we're going to win obviously mean, yeah exactly yeah, we're always going to win that <laughs> but I don't, that's not the, that's not the point here the point is is that they issued 
there was a, there was a list going around. I don't know if you guys have seen it of all the apologies that VAR issued last season, and there were like nine of them. Two of them were to us, but there were like nine apologies issued to VAR for VAR last season. We're that's already, just too many. Of course it is, and we're already over that this year. And and my thing with it is when you you can accept these mistakes in real time, right? You can accept them. You don't like them, but you can accept them. It's harder to accept them when multiple people have looked at them at slower speeds and still they've got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, the, uh, uh, a prime example was the, um, the, the Jones red card. Um, when they, they, the first thing the ref looked at when they reverted him to the monitor was the still shot. Of the of, very end. Of the end, yeah, which is, again, atrocious. I mean, of course you're going to look at that and think that's a red card. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested it, in this. What did, what did you think of that, Paz? Do you think that was a red? I was with Lee Dixon, actually. Lee Dixon, because I was watching the commentary on, um, I think it was Peacock, um, with Lee Dixon, and he said it's not a red for him because he's gone in on the ball and he's his foot has gone over the ball onto the leg. So for him, that's that's not intent to hit the leg directly he's gone for the top of the ball first just so, where were you on that yeah i got to agree with pause and okay. uh, like in, in i'm just interested because it's, it seems to have been very 50 50 i'm with you yeah too. it is because even when you look at the challenge on the ball the challenge on the ball was halfway up the ball the challenge mm. on the ball wasn't over the top of the ball the challenge on the ball his foot ended up making contact with the shin higher yeah. than where he was actually challenging it was just that mm. the, the foot rolled over the ball but, yeah. but this is another point, Pass. This is why I don't think VAR can possibly work. So the ref saw that on the field and decided it was, did he book him? I think he gave me a yellow, he did give him a yellow card. So he did, he looks at that and he decided it was a yellow card, right? No, no, he got, oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Now, all three of us have looked at that and said, that's just unlucky. It's no different from slipping on a wet pitch, right? It's no different mm. from running, slipping and falling into someone. That is basically what's happened there. I know other people that have looked at that and gone, he's out of control. That's a that's a red card. The referee has thought that. And the VAR must have had half an inkling of that or they wouldn't have called him over to the screen. But this is why I don't think that you are ever going to have... I, I do see that. I, I, I see that. I see the Martinelli goal that we scored against Old, Old Trafford where they gave it as a goal and then they had to interfere and so that Ericsson, he fouled Ericsson. I do see where that part of VAR is getting overly intrusive i can however um make an argument i think for offsides of course it's a terrible one right now because they botched up one yesterday the other day but if if it is done correctly and implemented correctly i think offside is far less it's, it's objective isn't it i do feel these ones are where var maybe oversteps the mark and 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 gets overly involved in stuff that really the on-field decision actually was probably the correct one in the first place I wonder if the sensible answer here, Jaz, and they're not going to do it because it's the sensible answer, but I do wonder if the sensible answer is to only use VAR in circumstances that are finite. So look at VAR to see if the ball went out of play. Look at VAR to see if it's an offside. Something that is it did or mm. it didn't. He is or he isn't. And mm. not use it for the slow down, slow motion replays of things that happened at 100 miles an hour in a game that the ref has already ruled on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Um, mate, I'm I'm curious why we have goal line technology, right? That's like a hundred percent. Well, it's not quite a hundred percent because Villa stayed up because it failed a couple of years ago. So it's not quite a hundred percent. Okay. Ninety-nine percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why can't we do that for everything else? Why can't we do that for offside? Why can't we do that for out of play, throw away. Well, I think this is this is what Paz is getting at, though, and and I I do understand Paz's point on this. The semi oh, semi automated yeah. offsides that that they do in Europe and in internationals, I, I think that they I think that that is definitely an improvement, right? Even even myself, a self confirmed VAR hater, that is definitely going to be an improvement. It's going to be quicker. You're going to get you're going to get less uh, wrong. But that's what the, I mean. For those decisions, I can see you, why you would bring in VAR. Are these mm. old guys af- afraid of the technology that might replace them? That's that's what I'm curious about because, like, it really I, seems that way. I I don't see it that way, but I do think that VAR is making the referees worse because I think they're less likely to make a decision. But Gaff, you're kind of an old guy, aren't you? Uh yeah, a little bit. Certainly getting there. No, but I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm so not in sorry. danger of being. I'm not in danger of being replaced by VAR though. VAR I'm so sorry. I'm so angry. sorry. I'm so sorry. That was just. That was just for the. <laughs> but that's it. But I don't. I just. I think that there's. There's definitely. There's I think definitely what something to be said for refs getting worse because of VAR. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Gab. I think the compromise is kind of where we're both at. Where it's here to stay, but it could be refined in a way where. It's absolutely categorical the decision is the correct one rather than ambiguity, which we get with red card decisions, which we get with handballs, which we even get sometimes with penalty decisions. So I think that's when you have to more rely on the on-field decision because I think you forget about it more quickly in those circumstances than you do with an offside. An offside, you get it, it really rallies you, especially like the one the other day, I can imagine. As an Arsenal fan, we've seen it where we've been on the wrong end of what was an offside decision and it was given as a goal. I think those ones you can refine VAR to make them a little, to make them quicker, to make them more precise, to make less human involvement. But I agree with you on the other stuff. I do feel there's over involvement that I don't think will make a really big difference anyway in how the game goes and how it's, how it's ran. And it puts more reliant on the referees who should be doing their job anyway. Yeah, I've got to agree with pause. Um, I think there was uh there was rumor I saw just a week or two back that was like Saudi Arabian League was looking to poach um Premier League refs. Yeah, I'll send them I'll I'll pay the cabs to the airport. One way ticket. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. In my head, I'm just like, just take them all. Maybe leave uh Michael Oliver, you know, take all the rest. And um you know, I I, I I think that's what it's going to take to fix this, guys. Um, I, I think the, the, the referee pool is very poor. They're all from a biased, similar location in Manchester. Um, I just... Well, it, I, it doesn't help that the first questions in the job interview are, are you bald and are you from Greater Manchester? I think they should scrub those questions <laughs> off of the interview process. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, those are shocking questions, to be honest. But um, 
But yeah, I think there there needs to be a whole upheaval. I wouldn't mind them sacking the entire group and starting over. But well, bringing in Howard Webb to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Right. I know. I know, Gav. I know. I know. All right. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. What? No, no, you're not. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying to you that bringing in Howard Webb has 100 percent not made a difference. You know, oh, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying course, you're wrong. Yeah. We we need we definitely need different. I think refs need to get younger. I think they need to get fitter. Um, I okay. think when it comes to the VAR, it, we More should diverse, just be taking. Really? And I, I don't think we should just be taking old referees and sticking them in a VAR room. Like oh. I think that is a that is a monumental error. That, to start. that should be a that should be a third party, like and, totally. And unreal. the thing is, if you did what right? we it, well, yeah, and if you did what we said, and you literally said, okay, VAR is only intervening in these yes or no questions. You don't need a referee. You just need someone that knows that this is the ball out of play. This is the ball in play. This is offside. This isn't offside. That is all you need. You don't have to be a referee to be able to do that. And I think that's kind of where it where it needs to go. But I, I, I have very little faith that it will it will go that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, it just seems like this is going to be the status quo for a while. Uh, Paz, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, and I, I don't have an awful lot of hope in these people, to be honest. Um, but um, but I think what we've discussed here is, I, I would hope is some form that they are discussing ways in an ideal world of how to refine it, how to make it that little bit more um, uh, objective and not rely on these these idiots. And I also don't subscribe to the idea where they say we need for, we need ex players to make the decisions either. No. We've seen how terrible they can be as pundits. So yeah. who's no, just, how I, I can imagine them being just as bad when it comes to making decisions on yeah. the field. Same. Absolutely. Yep. yep. All right, guys. Well, let's leave it there for tonight. Now we've fixed VAR, um, and uh, <laughs> we will be we'll be back after <laughs> the uh, after the Lons game to preview the Manchester City game. Uh, it's good night from me. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, night fellas.